Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. A strange spiralling white light was spotted in the early morning sky over Sydney with even sceptical witnesses wondering if it was a UFO. They were last seen on the beach with a tall man and that's the best description police have ever had of him. More than 17 years after Harold Holt disappeared into raging surf at Cheviot Beach, his widow has finally revealed his last romantic words. Docking, terrifying, mesmerising. That's the way a number of Australians have described their alleged encounter with the Yowie. It's time for the Weird Crap in Australia podcast. Welcome to the Weird Crap in Australia podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Soul. Joining me, of course, for another adventure into the past is Holly Soul. Yes, let's do this again. We aren't looking forward. We are looking backward, backward through time into the past, taking retro to its logical conclusion. See, I thought that was horrible histories for a second, and then I'm like, nope, it's Mighty Boosh. It's Mighty Boosh. <laughs> for all of you who don't know, Mighty Boosh was a BBC series uh, by Noel Fielding and Joel Barrett. Uh, all the way back in the early 2000s. Uh, cult classic. I would highly recommend going to check it out. I think I've actually referenced that before. Actually, you know I have. You I, do those crunchy or riffy or whatever the fuck they are. <laughs> They're not called a crunchy or I can't remember the word. Crunchy or riffy. They're called a crimp. That's the one. Ooh, See, I was ooh, thinking crunchy ooh. like scrunchy in your hair because yep. you also crimp your hair. No, they call them the tiny little songs they would do together. They call them crimps. I've actually done this before. I just had a flashback. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did this during a Bush Ranger episode before. Wouldn't surprise me. Actually, okay. So we just gave away what? We gave away a, a weird crap pack. If I have indeed done that on a previous episode. This does not you, include Blake. Because no, not you, Blake. <laughs> and he already has a copy of the book. Um if you can find me doing that reference in two episodes, Holly and I will send you a copy of Weird Crap in Australia, Volume 1, Edition 1, uh, both signed uh, for you as a prize. So get out there, find it, let us know. <laughs> you don't have to send us the audio file. You can just reference the episode and I'll check, all right? So don't worry about doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, reason I sang that little song, of course, we are going back into the past. This is the conclusion uh, to the Matthew Brady story. Just to catch you up uh, from last week, Matthew Brady is the gentleman bushranger with one of the most amazing moral codes I think any outlaw has ever had. He's charming. He's He has a bit of a swagger. Uh, the ladies are all uh, a Twitter for him. And uh, he's absolutely kicking ass and taking names. So uh, it's time to jump into the exciting conclusion to the tale. Uh, well, and sad conclusion, not to, not to spoil things. And uh, we will kick things off with a little quote. And this comes from the Queensland Times in 1932. About 10 o'clock one morning, there came incontestable evidence that Brady had bailed up the home of a Mr. Dry was carrying on with a high hand. Of course, Mr. Dry's enemy, Holly, we all know, is Mr. Wet. Uh, Mr. His, Snow. Who was his neighbour. He didn't like Mr. Wet very much. <laughs> Colonel Balfour, with ten soldiers and some volunteers, immediately made the to the rescue, and a sharp encounter took place, taking with them some horses belonging to Mr. Dry. The gang managed to effect their escape. Hardly had the disconsolate soldiers relinquished the pursuit than a second alarming rumour came into effect that the first was merely a ruse designed to divert attention from the jail, whether it was said Brady and lieutenants had now speedily gone. For those of you who have listened to the first episode, Colonel Balfour is the guy 
that Brady mistook a stranger for. So he clocked a stranger thinking it was Balfour. This is the Balfour. Yeah, he hated Balfour with a passion. And these two, these these really were arch enemies. Yeah. Um, Literally racing each other across the countryside. Yes, yes. They, 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 and the thing is that, I mean, you, you're not going to side with Balfour in this. No. You know, he's on the back of his horse. He's very uptight. Um, he's a soldier you know, in the early colonial days, which means he's definitely not a nice guy. His daughter and wife are swooning over the man he's trying to chase. <laughs> uh, you know, at, at night when he's making love, she she accidentally screamed out Matthew Brady's name. I can hear in my head, you know, the uh, the piano music from the old silent films. It's chasing him through the bushes. Yes, absolutely. You could you could definitely see that as a black and white Charlie Chaplin style film. And uh, yeah, so so Belfour is not a happy dude. Not a happy dude at all. Matthew Brady was briefly captured during an ambush set up by his friend and business partner, partner, the district constable Thomas Kenton. Now, Thomas Kenton's first appearance in media was made when he absconded from a whaling ship at Norfolk Island, later moving down south to Van Diemen's Land. He settled on a 50-acre grant at Browns River as a stockkeeper but decided that agriculture was not his thing. Like the Kelly family 60 years later, Kenton was forever in trouble with his neighbours and the police, spending a lot of time in court, though not always as the defendant. He ended up selling his property to John Lucas and heading to Jericho, where he became a district constable. So we've pointed this out before. A lot of the people that found themselves in colonial Australian law enforcement, they weren't good people they're not straight arrows most of the time they were prisoners or thugs and the powers that be decided to use their thuggery to their advantage they gave them a wage to be professional thugs better the devil on your side than on theirs in spite of this lofty position kenton was quickly corrupted well he was a goon (laughs) this is what happens when you hire a goon you got to make sure that you pay the goon adequately otherwise the goon will do what a goon does and he'll go gooning for money money for goon bag of wine (laughs) i was gonna make a joke about that kenton was entrusted with maintaining law and order in the area but his crimes actually increased under his watch rather than decreased (laughs) Now, Kenton, we need you to clean up this area. Oh, I can do that, sir. Not a problem at all. I'll get to it. I'll get to it right now. I, uh, Kenton, are you already startling a gambling den, a brothel, and organized crime outfits? Yeah, but I'm controlling it. So it's for you, you see. You see, it, <laughs> it's it, not it, a crime it if I'm out. the one doing it. <laughs> it's it's going to work out, mate. It's, it's all going to work out for our benefit. Unfortunately, I remember Damn back in high school you. I knew people like that. <laughs> Damn you, Kenton. While nothing was ever actually provable, the locals had their suspicions as to what was happening. It was these suspicions that caught the attention of Brady and McCabe. They struck up a friendship, making arrangements through guerrilla communication techniques, mostly enlisting the help of a man named Height, who really really liked Brady. The group would collect at Kenton's house in order to do business because what you really want to do is mix your business with your personal. I just love how this goon had hired another goon to help him be a goon. It's called a bush telegraph where you just have one dude racing through the bush delivering messages. And these are the, the <laughs> this Kenton is the guy that the authorities are like, yeah, this is our man. We are going to put this dude in charge of law and order in this area. He's going to do well. He's been in court on and off constantly as both defendant and prosecutor for the last five years. But, you know, he'll do fine. <laughs> Some people just fucking fail upwards. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Middle managers have always fucking, you know, the guys failed in the middle, upwards. Yeah. Kenton later admitted to masterminding the raids in order f- to get a return on the cut of the proceeds. He wasn't as subtle about it as he thought, however, and local busybodies were keeping an eye on the comings and goings at his home. Probably a bunch of old ladies just knitting on the porch, watching the horses ride up and down and just taking notes. Or it's, uh, I mean, maybe it could be as, maybe that's too elaborate for that, that era. Uh, people coming up the track today. Hmm. More people came down the track yesterday. Mmm. 
how is that any different to a bunch of old ladies sitting on a porch knitting, just watching people go past? It's basically what happens now all around the planet. I do miss that a little bit when I was growing up. Like, you know, when you go over to your grandmother's house and there'd be a, like, a bu- a, like a gaggle of old ladies and they all tell you how cute you were and then you got free food. That never happened to me. It always happened oh. down the street. <laughs> Whenever we went shopping with my grandmother, she'd have mm. to stop every five feet to have a talk to somebody. Did they give you things? No. Oh. Mostly just, oh, haven't you grown? You saw me two weeks ago the last time this happened. <laughs> yeah, wider. I was a fat child. <laughs> Sorry, I, did, I wasn't speaking about you. I, was, I, was, I should have done a, um, I should have transitioned uh, to the subject of my joke better, which was me, because uh, I was a fat little boy. Quite a fat little boy, actually. In March 1825, Kenton was busted by his superiors and accused of aiding and abetting the Bush Rangers. Now, Kenton, we have heard you've been gooning. Oh, not me, sir. I'm definitely not a goon. Oi, goons, put that put that down. Put over there. Stop shoving that sheep in your sack. We're not doing that right now. The boss is here. Oh, we got to do that one day, the origins of Walsy Matilda. Oh, don't worry. It's already in the works. It's on the list somewhere. <laughs> I have a lot of things on the list. I I'll, recently I'll, added Yothu Yindi to it. One, one, that's a, that's a uh, tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's like the that original. Song. It's pop sing pop group um the the funny thing is like one of our friends michael um frequently asked me he's like you know i can you guys do this forever and i'm like that's 200 years of history man it's gonna be quite easy we'll probably be doing this when we die we're now up to 235 yeah ish i mean could you imagine we do this podcast for like 15 20 years we'll chronicle so we'll chronicle more australian history than a museum the australian museum depending on the museum yeah that's crazy should be a Guinness World Record for that. <laughs> the most time spent gas bagging about Australia. Holly and Matthew Soul. <laughs> While doing stupid voices. And it'll just be a picture of me with my thumbs up. <laughs> Kenton had a choice. He could turn the bush rangers in or he, would, he could be hit with a hefty punishment as a harbourer of fugitives. And then his gooning days would be over. Always the snake, Kenton turned on the Brady gang. He was told in no uncertain terms that it was his duty to apprehend the bushrangers. And failing that, he could be up for a very harsh penalty as a harbourer. Kenton knew the odds and agreed to betray Brady and McCabe. He informed his superiors of the next arranged meeting, and two soldiers, Spicer and Thompson, were stationed in Kenton's hut to strike when Brady and McCabe arrived. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the day in question, Kenton hung up the white sheet as usual. Yet Brady was hesitant to go. Having had ominous dreams in which he put much stock. It was only after convincing from McCabe and Height that he went. The trio were watched from inside the hut, seen to be arguing. When they reached the domicile, Kenton and the soldiers burst out, knocking Brady and Hyatt over. McCabe took off like a rocket, as his companions were bound and taken inside. 
Knowing the cost of allowing the troopers to get the better of you, Kenton and Brady verbally sparred as the soldiers prepared to escort the young Hyatt to the police station. They gave Kenton a gun, then made their way into town. That's what you do. You give the goon a gun. Mm -hmm. So he can watch his friend, the Bush Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) That was a quote uh, from the traitorous Thomas Kenton. Brady is often described as being very intelligent, and it's in this situation that his intelligence shows itself, albeit in a twisted way. During the arrest, he'd fallen and hit his head and felt woozy, so Kenton laid him on the bed and, when it was asked, took a billy down to the river to fetch some water for tea. Oh, Kenton, I'm feeling so faint and dizzy, will you? Gently pick me up in your giant goon arms and... Go fetch me some water. Uh, yeah, right, right away, Mr. Brady, right away. <laughs> this is definitely not a trick, though, right? Oh, no, no, I'm just just feeling a little under the weather. Now, you go off and leave me completely unattended while I sit here and patiently await your return. But you're not going to run away? No, no, not at all. Now, off you pop, off you pop, you sweet goon. <laughs> We have a quote here from the Argus in 1905. <clears throat> His hands were tied with ropes, and as it was towards evening, the captors locked Brady into the hut for the night. In the morning, he had vanished, and it was discovered afterwards that he had burnt the ropes through over the ashes of a fire in the hut and escaped through the chimney while his jailers slept. Santa Claus, motherfucker! <laughs> Reverse Santa. Just, yeah, just giving them the finger the whole time <laughs> as he's going up there. <clears throat> Such is the account of the incident given to the writer, Mr. Harris, but the stories of Brady's life apparently copied from one another. State that the Bush Rangers' captors went at his request to procure a drink of water for him from the creek, leaving him alone in the hut, whence he escaped after burning the ropes. The matter is of small importance, but Mr. Harris's version seems the more probable, since the captors of a man like Brady would scarcely have been so foolish as to leave him in the hut by himself, however securely he was bound. I find this to be highly probable. We have a lot of episodes where someone's done something really stupid and it started a massive thing. Yeah. Uh, swimming naked in a creek caused a massive bull bush ranger rebellion. Yep, they saw some bums. <laughs> it's not impossible for Brady to go, oh, I feel faint. Someone get me some water. They yeah. leave him and he just walks out the front door. He charmed a bunch of goons. It's not that hard. Have, have you not watched 101 Dalmatians? <laughs> no, I have. They're idiots. <laughs> you know, it's... it's I mean, Jesus Christ, when uh, in Batman 66, goons had goon one and goon two on their T-shirts so you could identify <laughs> them as goons. Goons are not smart people. It wasn't so that we could identify them, so they could identify each That's other. That's right, exactly. It wasn't for the audience. We knew who they were. They were goons. <laughs> Nursing the burns he sustained in his escape, no matter which of these two stories is true, Brady swore revenge on his old friend. I will have my revenge on you, you delightful goon. Kenton was arrested when the other police returned, and they refused to believe he didn't actually set the ranger free himself. This is what we get for trusting a goon, goddammit! <laughs> Later on, Kenton went with the story, saying he'd freed the ranger in order to alleviate his suffering. This lie would catch up with him when Brady's revenge was delivered a year later, on March 7, 1826. Yesterday morning, Brady deliberately shot Thomas Kenton after giving him his reasons for doing so. Viz, that he once asked him, Brady, to come to his hut while some soldiers were there, who wounded him on the occasion. After Kenton's murder, his party wounded two other men. But I mean, this is like Brady doesn't do this out of... Like... The, the most comparable I would probably have to Brady is uh, Billy the Kid. There was a certain point where Billy the Kid was taken in by uh, like a sort of mentor figure and they sort of went on the straight and narrow. They became, you know, cow folk. Like they were cowboys and they were ranching and everything was going fine. And then someone shot his mentor and then he swore revenge. It's always the mentor revenge story that trips people yeah. up. Yeah. And, and in this case, like Brady liked him. Uh, they had a working relationship. And I would imagine that Brady, like 
you know, Kenton would have said, well, look, I had no choice. And it's like, well, you didn't have to work for me in the first place, dude. Like this was your decision to make. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of those times where I kind of feel like murder was justified a little bit. A little bit, a smidgen, 10%. So while it is true that the gentleman bushranger never resorted to violence unless he was in direct danger, the betrayal of one ranger by another was not something that was tolerated. Uh, it wasn't a ranger, he was a goon. Just want to clarify that. He did a lot of cattle wrestling, so technically... Yeah, but he, he rustled cattle. But would you like me to change he, from one criminal to another? He, he rustled the cattle by like putting two cattle over his goon <laughs> shoulders and then gooned them Stuffing away. Stuffing them in a sack and just hucking them over. This was not something that was tolerated in any era of the bush ranging industry. No, you, you betrayed someone you died. Uh, when the Kellys were informed on, they murdered the informant. There's a jovialness, a charisma... Um, to some of these individuals, but yeah, betrayal is met with certain death every time. Akin to treason against the Crown, the murder of police informants was looked upon with utmost disdain and almost always ended up with the informant eating lead. Now, I do actually have a couple of examples here, Aaron Sherritt and Thomas Kenator. So Aaron Sherritt was, of course, the guy who betrayed the Kellys or the cops told him that they betrayed the Kellys, so he went out and got shot. The man who betrayed Ben Hall, Mick Connolly, had his identity hidden for decades and his reward money paid in small instalments in order to avoid retribution actions from any surviving members of Ben Hall's gang. Yeah, he said so, the whole gang will, will discuss at some point too. Yeah, so even the cops were aware that this was a thing and then actually tried to actively keep their informants alive. Yep, yep. A few days after Kenton's murder... Brady and his gang captured a boat intending to sail to the mainland. Now, Bass Strait's chaotic and unpredictable weather turned them back. We have covered this in its own long-ago episode. Yeah, we're, look, it's, it's not easy to go from Tasmania to the mainland, and that is why it exists, so we can keep them separate, so they can't get to the mainland easy. <laughs> it keeps the cannibals away. Nah, we love you, Tassie. Actually, to be fair- We love fair, you and your extra heads. We, we honestly do love Tasmania. Uh, it, it, I was talking to my father the other day. He loves Tasmania a lot. And he's like, I, I'd love to retire to Tasmania, but we'd be too far away from the kids, uh, which is a lovely thought. But yeah, Tassie is actually quite gorgeous. My sister goes there frequently as well. She loves it. Never been myself. We will. We'll get there. We'll get to a lot of places. Weird crap in Australia too. Who wants to host us? You let us know. We'll go anywhere. Uh, look- this all this is really all we need. Food, somewhere to sleep, and and travel. That's it. Take care of those three, we'll appear. I don't care if it's five people at a party. We'll we'll do it. I'll do it. Holly may not do it. <laughs> Holly will be behind the curtain reading, not not actually on stage. Brady was known to hold his gang to a higher standard than most bush rangers. A few men were expelled from the gang for molesting the women that they were robbing including a man named James McCabe, who was soon caught and executed, and Thomas Jeffries, the notorious cannibal. Uh, now, we've covered Jeffries mm -hmm. uh, when we did... It, did, did, 23. They get, did they get their own episode or was that under historical Port Arthur? No, Jeffries and uh, whatever his name is, I can't remember right now. I will remember in a minute. They had the Cannibal Bush Rangers. Right. So that was episode 23. Uh, it's episode 23 and it is also part of our book, We Crap and Sorry, Show Volume 1. And it's also an audio book, which is exclusive to our Patreon subscribers, We Crap and Australia .com. Push, push, push. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. <laughs> push, push, push. Uh, so, yeah, there are plenty of places to get caught up on that, that particular story. Alexander Pierce. There it is. That's the one. <laughs> One is a reluctant cannibal. One was a... Reveled happy, in it. Yeah, he reveled in the murder and the mayhem. We have another quote from the treacherous Thomas Kenton. McCabe left the gang after a drunken fight with gang member James McKenney, which in turn had seen Brady destroy all of the gang's rum supply. Where's the rum gone? Wow, that's an Why old reference. Where's the rum gone? That's, an old, that's a dated <laughs> reference now, isn't it? I mean, it's not dated. No, the, it is. The first movie is still be. all right. <laughs> Oh, no, no, but I mean, it's dated because when did the first movie come out? 2002. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Three, a, it's nearly two. a 20-year-old movie now. 
Where's your rum gone? Everyone did Everyone that. Everyone knows who Jack is. For, it's fine. For about five years, it was where you go to the <laughs> 5, pub. 15. <laughs> there was always that mate who would drink rum. Where's your rum gone? It was horrible. And, and, and so was my impression. I'm not, I, I wasn't trying, I promise. <clears throat> after setting off and on his own, McCabe had soon after gotten himself arrested. Yeah, I did mention earlier that he ended up being executed because he was a bushranger and that's what happened to them. Mm-hmm. Brady also took in randoms off the street, trying to teach them a better life. This included a man called Cohen, who was an ex-convict down on his luck. Or so he seemed. About the middle of the year 1825, the escape of a convict known variously as Cohen or Cohen was deliberately connived at. Cohen, in short, was to act as the Judas of the peace upon promise of a free pardon if he was successful and a free passage home to the old country, uh, known as Britain at the time. Uh, There is much to be said for Cohen, perhaps that he was taking a terrible risk. The informer sung in jail has little to fear, for the informer who must first live among those he is to betray in order to betray them is in another category. Let him once be suspected, and his doom is assured. Several times he managed to lead his companions into ambush, but always Brady's unsuspecting cleverness outwitted him. And then, finally, one day Cohen betrayed the gang to Lieutenant Williams of the 40th Regiment, and then a terrific fight ensued. And that came from the Queensland Times in 1932. Oh yeah, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this bit. You know why I've been waiting for this bit? I assume that you have a... Oh, I, I just looked down at the notes and yeah, I know. Because... But it's not said the way that you think it is. Because Brady... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is about to come head to head with his arch enemy, his real arch enemy. Connor McFlew. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Again, it's not pronounced the way you think it is. B A T. M A N John Batman. It's actually Bateman. <laughs> Batman. There's no E there. And I am sick of Victorians telling me otherwise. I have had an absolute gutful of going to Melbourne and being like, hey, that suburb's Batman. No, it's not, Matthew. It's pronounced Bateman. Well, if it's pronounced Bateman, where's the E? B A T. Bat. M A N. Man. Bat. Man, come at me, Victoria. Just a tiny little chip on that shoulder there, Matthew. <laughs> I'm half Victorian. I can say these things. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. In yeah, that, yeah, in that case, half... my sister's a Queenslander, so I can make fun of her. I'm half Mexican, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> on March 28, 1826, Lieutenant Williams, 14 soldiers, and four armed prisoners made contact with the gang at their camp in the Peterson's Plains districts, surrounding them during the night. Now, they opened fire and killed a number of Brady's men. The bush rangers, startled in the middle of the night by people just randomly shooting at them, returned fire and attempted to scatter. Brady was shot in the ankle. 
The rangers managed to get away and two straggler rangers were caught by local farmers. Get off my here dirt farm. Why why are they southern? What is going on? Why are they Texan? This is this Australia, mate. Because Australia. Australia, mate. (laughs) Well, at this time, no one was talking Australian. They were all talking, you know, like they were either like, get off me farm. Wait, that's actually pretty awkward Australian. <laughs> We're going to have to think about that. <laughs> Get off me farm, you hair. I don't want your hair. It's closer, yeah. Farming potatoes. <laughs> it's always the potatoes. Such a stereotype. They ran out of potatoes once. The British stole their potatoes. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard, you stole our potatoes. Are we going to make French fries now, you fuckers? <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, I'm with Ireland, man. Like, fuck Britain. <laughs> Brady and Don't blow it up, though. That's bad. That's so 30 years ago. Brady and four others made it to Watery Plains, 15 miles southeast of Launceston, followed closely by a team of four black trackers and John. Batman. Na, 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 Batman. 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 I did that especially for all you people who leave those nasty comments about me not being funny. That one was for you. On April 1, a campfire was spotted in the bush near a recent Brady sighting near Dry's Bluff. John. Batman. The same man who caught Jeffries and a group of locals went out to investigate. The rangers fled, abandoning the fire, which... Batman. And his friends. Are we going to keep doing this the whole way through? <laughs> I thought you should enjoy it. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like two of our audience members are enjoying this. Probably <laughs> <Blake> Thomas. <and laughs> well, well, probably Thomas. Yeah. Right. Everyone was like, look, it was funny. The, maybe it was funny the first time. Second time you're pushing it, Matthew. You're now up to time number five and we hate you. And I, I, I get it. All right. I'll leave the light then. It'll happen again. (laughs) The rangers fled, abandoning the fire, which Batman and his friends commandeered. I'm going to do it just because it makes you smile. And Uh, it annoys the Victorians. (laughs) Is his friend named Robin? (laughs) With a Y. (laughs) During the night, Batman was roke by the sound of a man in the bush. He followed the sound to find Brady limping through the trees. Bateman can... Convinced Brady to surrender himself. With an infected wound, sick and feverish, Brady agreed. We have a quote here. Brady asked Batman if he was a soldier. And when Batman said that he was not, agreed to give in without a fight. My time's come, he said. You're a brave man. And I yield. But I'd never give in to a soldier. So only Batman was able to bring down Mr. Brady. I want everyone to remember that. He, he, brought, down, he brought down the cannibals and he brought down Brady. <laughs> it is ironic. Like, the, the, you know, you've, you've got a... Um, colonial bounty hunter. You've got a colonial bounty hunter named Batman. <laughs> and he's ours, damn it. <laughs> Brady was delivered to Launceston Jail. News spread fast and he ended up with an honour guard to the jail with locals lining the road to watch him go by. Unlike Jeffries, they weren't throwing shit at him. Yeah, Jeffries, they wanted... It's it's kind of amazing because, like, at this point, um, you know, Jeffrey has... Jeffries was a psychopath and he has murdered babies. He's raped women. um, He was a disgusting... um, you know, monster that that scared the absolute shit out of all the colonials in um, in Tasmania. And if you want to get a bit of a feel for that side of the colonial story, I highly, highly recommend the film Nightingale. It is rough though. Don't watch it thinking it's going to be this nice. It's like, not a rom com. No, it's, it's not, not this. It's not this nice little ABC produced colonial drama. It is. It is very, very accurate. And if you want to get a feel for who Jeffries was, I would highly recommend watching that film. Um, again, warning, hardcore content in that movie. Now, in the same carriage, so you, you've got one side of the crowd who wants to pull Jeffries from the carriage and lynch him there and then and there, right? 
On the other side of the carriage, you've got Matthew Brady and just a legion of women swooning after him. (laughs) You cannot have a situation more split down the middle of black and white, yin and yang. They were the complete opposites of each other and their crowds reflected that. Like, I just find that that's incredibly poetic. It's so bizarre. I mean, not really when you look at their crimes. On April 27, 1826, Brady and Patrick Bryant, a gang member, were sentenced to death for the murder of Tom Kenton. They also pled guilty to four counts of horse theft from Mr. Lawrence's farm. Brady, as a result, was sentenced to death. His respect for females caused the women of Hobart and the surrounding places to forward a numerously signed petition to Governor Arthur, praying that his life be spared on account of his consideration for women and also from the fact that he had shot one of his gang through the left hand and dismissed him from the Twelve for molesting a woman. And I find that incredible. Number one, I feel, honestly, that Brady probably respected women more than the governors or the soldiers did. I was going to say more than he did the governor or soldiers, yes. Which probably (laughs) pissed them off even more. You it know, made them look bad. It did make them look bad by comparison. And, you know, when he, he shot one of his own, and when they say, like, dismissed from the 12, they were a tight-knit group. Like, they, they were the guys who fled with him. He was their leader. Like, to, I would imagine, not only being shot by him, but also being dismissed by him, that would have probably been heartbreaking. There, I think there was a core group of eight that escaped with him that weren't, weren't- captured and then the rest were like fly in fly out like they'd pick him up and then they'd do something and they'd be dropped again mm. but just yeah the the fact that you know shot him through the hand and it was like I'm oh not- yeah you touched yeah. your ass yeah which hand that one and that's that's also a qualifier we have to make molested had a very different connotation to what it has now if you must up a hair you molested her yeah if i walked up to holly and was like oh your hair looks so nice and then i went ah she punched me in the face. She'd go, you molested me. <laughs> it did have the dark connotation though as well. Several petitions for clemency were made by the public, but they weren't honoured. Brady's cell ended up filled with fruit, flowers, and other trinkets sent by admirers by the time he hmm. died. You say trinkets. Well, I mean, that'd be a bit of a problem though. Like, I mean, if we're, we're talking about uh, the underwear of what? 1800s. 1820s. Good luck finding them. That's like a fucking bag. There weren't really undies in the 1820s. No, there were pantaloons. (laughs) Not really. Those didn't really come about until the 1850s. Mostly you wore nothing because you had so many layers you had to lift. So why would you then try and pull something down? Maybe they sent him one of the 15 skirts that they had to wear then. I don't know. (laughs) trinkets would have been things like love letters and lockets with pictures and stuff like that. It wouldn't have been undies. I know you like to think so. Maybe it was like a neckerchief she'd worn close to a heart or something. I mean, I I think of Matthew Brady as like the rock star of the 1800s, you know. (laughs) Just tear off the corset, pull it out from the top of the skirt and whip it at him. Well, look, you make that (laughs) joke. You make that joke. But women did that during concerts for Mozart. I know, and but I Beethoven. also know exactly how hard that would be to do. You know, like like they talked. It's kind of interesting to see that that throughout history, there's this constant, um, the there's this constant outcry. You know, it's like, oh, you you're turning our youth. Um, you know, the you're old turning always our, complains yeah, about the young. You're turning our youth into like sex crazed monsters, and it happens again and again and again and again. Sorry, but it's what like, did you do with the Beatles again? Remind me. Well, see, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, Beethoven, Mozart, they had their lady fans. The Bush Rangers had their lady fans, and and I'm sure their male fans too. And then you know, and the same thing Elvis, happened the for Beatles. the Be- Elvis and the Beatles and Kiss and ACDC and Rolling Stones, you know, and Nirvana, <laughs> and it just keeps going on and on. I'm sure and the on. Backstreet Boys got their fair share of undies thrown at them too. Well, just just recently, I did you hear about the uh, the Travis Scott concert? Because it yeah. reminded me of ACDC when we covered that. That's what I thought when yeah. I heard about it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I've also been scrolling through Reddit and all these artists who actually stop the show and kick out 
people or force people to actually stand up other fans, whereas he just, just kept you going. Did you see the Linkin Park video? I've seen Linkin Park. Yeah. I've seen Dave Grohl. I've seen Adele. Yeah. I've seen a lot of them. Dave Grohl's such a nice bloke. <laughs> you yeah. say that, but the entire thing was like, oh, you fucking asshole. Get the fuck out of my show. Fuck you. Fuck you, asshole. I'm like, dude, but they come were on. being assholes. <laughs> they were fighting. So yeah, there was like, and I even remember there was one. Oh god, we've completely gotten off track here. I'll get back we're on track. We're talking about I'll rock stars tell, and Matthew Brady yeah, was one. <laughs> I'll just t- say this one one last story about David Grohl. Like there were a bunch of um, those Westboro Baptist Church protesters out the front of uh, one of their concerts. So he rigged Foo up- Fighters or Nirvana. Foo Fighters. Yep. So he rigged up um, like some speakers and some instruments on the back of the truck and just drove around them playing. <laughs> It's fucking awesome. I love Dave Grohl. <laughs> you just like Nirvana and everything linked to them. Well, Nirvana was awesome. And they were also, I, in my opinion, the last rock band. In order to get back on topic, we've got a quote here from the Sydney Morning Herald in 1954. Petition had followed. Petition to save gentleman Brady from the gallows. Settlers told of his forbearance and women of his kindness. His cell table was loaded with presents, the finest of wines, baskets of choice fruits, bouquets of flowers, cakes, and dishes of confectionery prepared by fair admirers were given to the jailer to pass to Brady. My question is how much actually reached Brady and how much went straight down their gullets. (laughs) I kind of feel that Brady probably shared anyway. Like, you know, just because he's wonderful. What what's funny Matthew's about Matthew's fawning over him now? Well, well what's funny about this? Uh, I I talked to a, a coworker about what we did a few years back, and um and now she works uh, at the War Memorial, you know, because she loves history. And she was like, "Have you covered Matthew Brady yet?" I was like, "No, I haven't." I said, "I want to," as I spoke about in the previous episode. <laughs> I want to cover Matthew Brady, and she's like, "I love Matthew Brady." <laughs> Two hundred years after the fact. He is still very much beloved. Actually, you're right. It's about 196. <laughs> Woo-hoo, I got one right for a change. Blake, make a note. <laughs> Holly a million, Matthew one. Woo, I'm on the board. But yeah, I, I, I just imagine Brady. Like, it's not going to end well. But I think in those those days, like he even in his jail cell, it would have been fun for him just to you know poke oh. his head, poke his head out the window. Hey Jeffries, I got a fucking yeah. cake. What do you got? Or just like poke his head out the window and just be, and see all those ladies and they just be like, <laughs> waving the handkerchief. Yep. Oh Brady. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> Brady was hung on the fourth oh, of May, eighteen twenty six, at the old Hobart jail. Swinging next to Thomas Jeffries, cannibal and all-round asshole, Bryant, John Perry, who helped Jeffries kill Mrs. Tibbs' child, and John Thompson, who was guilty of the murder of Margaret Smith in the watch house. On an April day in 1826, a pioneered bushranger stood resolutely on a scaffold in Hobart before a dense mass of spectators. While men cheered for him for his courage, weeping women grieved bitterly for his fate. There was a hush, broken only by stifled sobs, as the bushranger knelt to receive the last consolations of his faith. Then, standing erect, he bade adieu to the multitude and died more like a martyr than a convicted felon. And that's from the Sydney Morning Herald in 1954. Brady was pronounced dead alongside his fellows and thus ended the days of the gentleman bushranger. The gang, however, not so much. Under the leadership of a man named Dunn, the remainder of Brady's gang continued its depredations successfully for a time. Apparently knowing their days were numbered and free for the more or less decent leadership of Gentleman Brady, the surviving bushrangers seemed to have run amok. At last, one day, Dunn swam a river and attacked a camp of blacks, stealing one of the black girls whom he forced at the point of his pistol to return with him to the other side of the river. Next day, fortunately, when the bush rangers were occupied in an attack upon the home of a Mr. Thompson, the girl escaped. The blacks very naturally confused the action of one white man with the action of all the whites. They were unable to make any discrimination between the good white fellow and the bad white fellow. Roused to fierce anger against all whites by the brutalities of Dunn and his companions, they went upon the warpath. 
First, they attacked and burnt the hut of a Mr. Nichols. Then they attacked Mr. Thompson's home, where he speared a man named Scott. Urging them on was the girl who had been stolen by Doon. The troops were now set out to drive the blacks back. And while doing so, they came across the bushrangers. In the engagement that followed, Doon was shot. Others were captured and later hung. That was from Queensland Times in 1932. When Harry Power came to his own bushranging activities in the 1860s and 70s, running with young Ned Kelly, it has been observed that he took on the same conduct as Matthew Brady in regards to his female victims. He as, was As did Kelly. Yep. They were known to try and leave the women as far alone as possible. Kelly even took it to a more extreme version in where he would leave priests and stuff alone. Mm. And one of Brady's hideouts is now known as Brady's Lookout near the Tamar River. So if you want to go pretend that you're a bush ranger for a day and get away from this capitalist hellhole that we call life, feel free to go down there. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the legacy of Matthew Brady. There you go. I hope you've enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought uh, it's a great little story and uh, I would love to keep the conversation going. You can do that. And you can do that by following us on our Facebook page. Uh, if you go out to Brady's Lookout, please uh, take a photo, shoot it through to us. Um, maybe you have your own uh, gentleman bushranger story in your own family. Uh, or maybe you just want to talk about what you would have done if you'd uh, met up with uh, Mr. Brady. Would um, you be swooning like Matthew or would you be like, hey, look at that guy like I'd, I would? I'd be his best mate. <laughs> Definitely be his best mate. I like his swagger. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram under the same name, Weird Crap in Australia, and you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Weird Crap in Oz, A-U-S. Uh, now, if you would like to uh, support the show, a uh, couple of ways you can do that. You can check out our books, Weird Crap in Australia, Volume 1 and 2. For the Kindle edition, just head to Amazon.com. For the printed edition, you can find that uh, from our on-demand print service, lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U.com. For volume one and two. Volume one is now in its second edition. And you can also grab it from our great mates at Impact Comics. You can shoot an e email to them at info at Impact Comics and they do mail out Australia wide. So if you'd like to support your local Australian businesses, your small business, Impact Comics, uh, are your one stop comic book shop and uh, the only store that stocks Weird Crap in Australia books. So give them a shout and Mel will help you out. Uh, another way you can support the show, as a lot of you have been doing lately, is buying our T-shirts, which is wonderful. Um, we've seen a little spike in T-shirt sales. So if you, you're happy to, take a photo of yourself in your T-shirt, shoot an email to weirdcrapinaustralia at gmail.com, and uh, we'll post that up on our Instagram feed. Uh, our, one of my um, favorite photos that I saw recently uh, from a Halloween, um, Holly, do you I'm, – I'm blanking on the name – Sorry? Melanie. Melanie. Melanie posted a photo of her reading her book uh, with a strange extraterrestrial visitor. Now, I didn't know that uh, we were popular with the Predators uh, from the film Predator. I guess it helps with a case study so they can hunt us more effectively. Mm, quite possibly. I'd love uh, – they should definitely do one Australian film with the Predator in it. And uh, you know how he mimics speech. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, says uh, swears back at Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'd love to hear a predator go, good day. <laughs> That'd be very cool. So, yeah, she sent through those photos, and I thought they were fantastic. I did share them on our social media, so thank you for supporting us. Um, and uh, your husband's uh, cosplay, I think it was the husband in the cosplay, uh, if that's not, the impression I'm getting. Yeah, that's the impression I get as well. It looked fantastic. Your Halloween display looked incredible. They had a DeLorean crashing into a fence. There were gremlins everywhere. There was Predator. It was amazing. I think there was like some uh, Nightmare Before Christmas stuff in there as well. Um, I think they went above and beyond. So uh, when Halloween starts up again, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to make my way towards Sydney just to see the... Uh, what they do next year. I can't wait. Assuming we can move. We can. We'll be fine. It's all It's all up from there. So no, see, we're going to go into like... La, 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 la. Matthew's living in his happy, happy, happy land. Happy land. Happy time. 12-year lockdown so Holly doesn't have to deal with people anymore. <laughs> That's just called being a professional podcaster. That's all that is. Uh, so, yes, you can find all of our merchandise. Uh, head to our Redbubble store. Uh, which is weirdcrappinozaus.redbubble.com 
and you can get one of our uh, great mate Ignacio's designs slapped on a bunch of stuff uh, from t-shirts. As I said before, you can get them on Coasters World or Bottles and we've also put out a mask. So if you're going to keep wearing masks into the future, uh, you can grab a Weird Crap and Australian mask and uh, slap that on the front of your face. You can just deck yourself out in Weird Crap and Australia merchandise. It's got an image of someone just slapping it and knocking themselves out. Well done, Matthew. Or like buying 10 of them and just randomly slapping them on people, which is also <laughs> Wear fun. a mask. Smack. Smack. Uh, and uh, one of the ways you can also be a little bit more involved in the production of the show is joining our Patreon supporters. Head to weirdcrapinaustralia.com. You can become a Patreon supporter for as little as $1 USD a month. You get to participate in our Patreon Selects episodes. What that is, is we put out a poll and once a month, our Patreon supporters get to select uh, the topic of one of our four episodes for that month. And that's only for a dollar USD a month. Uh, but maybe you're not happy with that. Maybe you want more weird crap in Australia in your life. Well, if you bump yourself up to $5 a month, you'll also get uh, free chapters of the audio book as I work on them and edit them. They get uploaded there first. So you'll have the audio book before everyone else does. And we also do a bonus mini-sode once a week where we look at some of the strangest headlines coming out of Australia and add a little bit of our signature commentary to it. Uh, on top of that, there's also uh, little blog posts and any other extra stuff we can throw your way, including interviews as well. Uh, so you can find all of that by typing in weirdcrapinaustralia.com. Nice and easy. And uh, that's all my plugging, which means it's time for Holly's Final Thought. Holly's final thought is I wish I could be a bush ranger. Me too. We would have been kick-ass bush rangers, I think. Yeah, we would have been like Bug and Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun. I at least chose an Australian example. <laughs> I know, but, you know, we, we have an international audience, so I like to incorporate 66% Australian. I think we should cater yeah. to the Australians here. Yeah, definitely not a Fred and Rosemary West situation. Though. No, that's, definitely uh, not. You no, don't want that happening. Good. No, not at all. <laughs> well, that's it from us for Weird Crap in Australia. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, I'm uh, amazed at our growing audience as well. That's just blowing our minds. Uh, we'd like to welcome all of our new listeners I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Hope you're learning something about Australia. And uh, don't forget, we have a lot more coming for you. Uh, weird crap in Australia will return next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. See you then. See you, guys. <laughs>